Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. So a very big welcome to Eric Severinghouse, who is our guest today. And Eric has a lot to share with us. He's an entrepreneur. He's an investor. He is an author and to top the lot, he is a mountaineer who has climbed many mountains, including the biggest or the tallest mountain being Everest. So I'm sure we're going to hear lots about that. And we're going to hear about his new book coming out as well. So it's a pleasure to have you on our podcast, Eric. And would you just like to introduce a little bit about yourself to kick off with? Well, well, thank you, Rebecca, and and thank you, Callum. It's a pleasure to meet both of you, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you inviting me on and the opportunity to join. Uh, It it was a very kind introduction that you gave me. Um, I've I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great experiences in my life, and I I started building businesses very young when I was in high school and then, you know, through university, Um, and and I've I've had a number of professional successes. I've been fortunate enough to climb a lot of mountains, and, and as you mentioned, I made it to the top of Mount Everest. But the other thing that I like to make sure that I always bring up, because I think a lot of people who get this sort of a stage to talk to people that might be a little bit earlier in their career journey, they oftentimes tout a lot of their successes and a lot of their accomplishments. And, and you know, it's, it's gratifying to the ego to talk about all, all the fun things that have happened. The flip side and the more, formula, more formulative experiences of, of a lot of my journey have been a lot of the challenges and, and a lot of the, the sort of dark side of, of a lot of those ambitious goals. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to climb Mount Everest on the first try and, and that was, you know, lucky and, and it was fantastic. Um, it was a result of preparation and luck, but a number of other mountains, I've, I've made it some, some bit up and then had to turn around and head back. Uh, during my entrepreneurial journey, while I've had some great successes, I've, I've started companies that we've sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. At the same time, I've ended up in some very dark places. And, and um, as I often say, the only experience that I've had that I think felt more dangerous to me than climbing Mount Everest was actually being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and some of the mental challenges and emotional challenges of that journey. And so um, I've, I've, I've seen some of the highs of the highs. I've, I've had about as much fun on this journey as you can have. And I've been through you know, some of the darker places in the abyss. And that's really uh, the spirit of, of why I wrote this book and why I'm so fascinated to have these conversations is to try to help other folks understand you know, there's a lot of great opportunity out there. And then there's a lot of challenges and obstacles on the road uh, to those opportunities. Awesome. We're really, really glad to have you on the podcast, Eric, and, and thanks very much for joining us. And I guess to kick off with the first initial question, which we, uh, we, you know, we like to ask our guests just to sort of set a little bit of a baseline. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to hear from your perspective, both as an entrepreneur and working in, working in an organization and also from the sort of physical challenges that you face in a mountaineering sense. Um, what sort of leadership uh, means to you? Yeah, I, I, I love the question. Um, I, I, and, you know, I, I, I think of it sometimes as framing leadership versus management. And to me, management is all about accomplishing a task and getting a goal done. Leadership necessitates accomplishing that task and getting that goal done 
but then at the same time takes into account the human beings involved in doing that and co-prioritizes the development of the people with reaching the target or reaching the goal. And that's probably a shift that, that I made after a period of time. There was, there was a, a certain period of time, and particularly as an entrepreneur, where I would consider myself very goal-oriented. It was accomplish the goal no matter what. You know, if, if, if there's a hill that needs to be taken, go take that hill. And, you know, I would be fond of saying things like lead, follow, or get out of the way. <laughs> and that, that style, you know, for me is still an important part of my persona. But I think one of the ways that I've had to evolve in my career, or I've been fortunate to evolve in my career, is I now think a lot more about the people that are coming along that journey with me. How are they perceiving that? And as we think about you know, accomplishing, dreaming big, accomplishing great things, are we doing that in a way that is developing and cultivating and growing the teammates that are alongside with us on that journey? And so that, that sort of balance out there is, is probably the key thing that I think about when I think about good leadership. Well, that resonates with us. Um, well, it definitely resonates with me and I'm sure with, with, yeah, you, sure, yeah. with you, Callan. One of the things that you, you said at the beginning of that was some of your scariest moments have been more as an entrepreneur than in climbing Everest. So that is fascinating. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how the principles of leadership apply in those scary moments, because Everest is very much a team effort, isn't it? It, it is. It's very much a team effort for sure. And it's very much a supported effort, you know, particularly in the way that a guy like me goes and climbs Mount Everest. A guy like me doesn't make it to the top quite candidly without a tremendous amount of help and support from other folks on the team, guides, uh, particularly porters and Sherpas, people that, that are helping support our journey, right? And, and even if you go back to the, the, um, the most famous of all mountaineers, Sir Edmund Hillary, you know, there's there's no way that he makes it to the top without the support of Tenzing Norgay, and, and he would be, you know, he devoted his life to helping, the, you know, the Sherpa community and many of those other communities after that. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes about mountaineering comes from Sir Edmund Hillary, where he talks about it's not the mountain you climb, but yourself, and it it speaks to the leadership aspects. I think for me, what was interesting, there were a couple points on my journey of, of Mount Everest where there was one point where I felt like I was in physical danger, where um, I was going from camp two to camp three. It was the highest I had ever been from an altitude perspective. I, I had one of the crampons on my boot fall off uh, and almost go sort of scattering down and I didn't have a second one. I was, I was moving very slowly and, and was just exhausted and, and wasn't taking good care of myself. And in that moment, I understood how people give up and decide they can't go on any further. And that's not, that's not something I'd, I'd ever really understood. And it was something that I understood in that moment. And fortunately, you know, I was able to kind of suck it up. I was make, able to make it to the safety of camp three, but that type of journey, that, that type of danger, that very acute danger of, I need to dig deeper in myself. I need to summon some source of, source of energy in order to make it to survival. 
that's a stress that the human body is very well adapted to handle. Like we have, we have been experiencing fight or flight, you know, through the entirety of human evolution. And, and so our body, our physiology is very well adapted to handle that. As an entrepreneur, that stress becomes much more chronic. There was no point in my entrepreneurial journey where I was worried about freezing to death. I wasn't worried about not making it to the safety of a bed where I might be able to spend the night. But there was a daily grind of financial insecurity, imposter syndrome, feeling like I wasn't good enough, feeling like I wasn't living up to the expectations of others. And those chronic stressors that the human psyche and the human body aren't terribly well adapted to handle. And so over time, it really wore down my sense of self. And, and candidly, um, I, you know, I ended up in some fairly dark places where I was questioning whether I wanted to, if I was going to disappoint my family, my friends, my investors, if my company was going to fail, could I even face that failure? Did I even want to go forward? Or, you know, did I want to think about throwing myself off of a balcony rather than face that failure? And, and the, the tragic, the, the, the tragic uh, data shows that I'm not alone, that that, that sort of experience is unfortunately felt uh, by entrepreneurs far more than the general population. And so, there were some sort of deep and dark places that I had to sort of go through as a, as a function of my entrepreneurial, more chronic stress that was far more challenging than the acute stressors of the moment that, that I felt kind of far more capable of handling, I guess, in hindsight. That's absolutely fascinating. Perhaps I can um, actually rise to the challenge of climbing Everest then. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really amazing. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. I reckon it's, yeah, it's really, uh, amazing to get your insight from both like the physical challenge of doing like a, a you know a physical challenge like that and then also kind of how that correlates into your sort of entrepreneurial journey as well and i'm really fascinated by how people can just kind of like push through with that like sort of grit and determination to just kind of elevate themselves out of those like difficult places that they find themselves in and i'm sure when you're you know sort of in that position you've got to sort of lead yourself lead the company and perhaps if you have a team as well to kind of like get out of that and, and really push forwards so and you also touched on the fact that you know, other entrepreneurs sort of feeling potentially in a similar way. How do you think you can kind of get yourself out of that state and sort of push forwards and, and lead and, and lead and progress progress through? Yeah, it's it's maybe counterintuitive, but I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in going through that is not to always try to keep pushing and keep grinding. For me, that's my natural state. It's go, 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 work hard, climb hard work hard, do more. And one of the places that my guides taught me a lot while I was on Everest was, was they taught me, they, they really reinforced and pushed the importance of rest, the importance of, of resting on our rest days, of not doing more. I wanted to keep climbing more and keep doing, keep working harder. And they kept it, it was almost like I was a horse that they kept pulling back on the reins and saying, no, 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 like, like rest, calm yourself. And there's going to be the moments of, um, and there's going to be the moments of, of activity. There's going to be the moments where you're going to have to perform, you know, borderline superhuman feats of strength. And the only way to be able to do that, the, the way to give yourself the best odds of doing that and to do so safely is to be well-rested, to be calm, to, to be able to think clearly. It goes back a little bit. We talked a little bit about kind of the difference between management and leadership. And, and one of my primary regrets of certain phases of my entrepreneurial journey is that I didn't understand that at the time. And so I was sort of manically pushing my team, work harder, go faster, do more. 
And I wasn't modeling the, the more thoughtful sort of balanced point of view of there's going to be times that we're going to have to work very hard. There's going to be times that we're going to have to work harder than we ever thought possible. And then there's going to be lots of times that we need to rest, that we need to contemplate, that we need to recover and rejuvenate and enjoy the journey. And, and so finding that sort of balance between those two poles uh, is, is, as opposed to just always being on the like grind more, do more, work harder, that, that's probably been my biggest lesson and learning and, and takeaway around sort of how those, those two journeys are kind of juxtaposed. And is that one of the big pieces of advice you would give to somebody who's in a management role or a leadership role or growing and running a business? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. There's no question about it. There's there's a couple things that if ever anybody asks me for advice, I always suggest to them, if they're going to be going off and, and sort of getting outside of their comfort zone, if, if they're going to be moving, if, if they really want to grow and develop, I, I strongly suggest develop a team of people that can be honest with you and help coach you. For me, that's, you know, it's having a therapist, it's having a wife who will candidly tell me where I can evolve. And then it's having peers that I can be very, very candid with about where I think I'm doing well and where I think I'm doing poorly. And, and they can help me calibrate um, and they can help me advise on that. The, the, the two other things, I guess, is understanding that if you want to be a leader, you need to be able to effectively communicate to people that are very, very different than you. I think for a number of us, it's fairly easy to communicate with people that we resonate with naturally. And then it becomes very difficult to lead people that may have a different makeup or a different worldview than we do. Understanding how to reach and inspire those people, as well as the people that you naturally vibe with, I think is one of the really key things to learn. And then the third one is learning how to enjoy the journey. I think it can become so easy to be task focused. What is the end game? What is the end state? What are we trying to achieve? And figuring out how to be, how to be, how to enjoy the moment, even when things are hard, even when things are difficult, finding out how to take a deep breath and enjoy the beauty, the serenity, the joy, what have you of the moment, it paradoxically actually makes you far more effective and, and far more likely to reach your goal at the end of it. Um, but it's, it's not something that I think is natural for a lot of managers and a lot of leaders. Well, I'm sure, um, well, I can relate to the work, work, work. And remember to take the break, break, break. <laughs> yes. So um, I can. You were telling me you were off on a walk in, in your sort of beautiful countryside right before we got on this, right? That's, That's something very... I always try to remind myself to do is when I have a few minutes, take a walk, get a breath of fresh air, disconnect, that sort of thing. It's so good to do. Yeah, yeah, and it does help you to see things in a slightly different perspective. If you've got a challenge in your face and you just take a break in the lovely evening sunshine, it does make it make make a difference. I was just going to recap. I really like those three things that you shared there, Eric. And I, I was just one I'd like to dive into a little bit more deep on because I think that was a really good point. In terms of you said, as like a as to to be an effective leader, it's quite important to be able to like resonate with with various different people, not just ones that you feel kind of uh, you feel like have a similar personality. So when you're working with someone that you perhaps you feel is is slightly different to you in, in whatever regard, how do you think as a leader can like what what is the sort of generic ways you think you can start to resonate with those people? It's it's a little bit cliche, but it's all about listening before you talk. It, you know, I, I think people think of 
the prototypical salespeople or communicators as people that are fantastic at, at ex, expository and, and oratory and that kind of thing. I, I'm, um, I, it's, you know, I, I know you guys are coming out of, you know, you guys are broadcasting from England and I'm just finishing a book on World War II, an amazing book. And it's, it's talking a lot about Churchill and the Battle of Britain and the Blitz and everything else. And obviously you think of Winston Churchill as one of the great orators of all time. And you go back and you look at how he spent so many of his activities and he was spending every day out listening to people, listening to what the country was going to going through so that he could effectively empathize with how everybody was feeling and then he could appropriately calibrate his message. And so, you know, if, if you're going to reach people, particularly people that might feel hard to reach, people that feel like they're on the other side of an issue, people whose worldview just doesn't jibe, you know, I, I think we naturally have this human inclination, or at least I do, to want to talk louder, to want to overpower, to, to want to um, convince or dictate. And there's this idea that, that the great orators are the ones that moved everybody by their words and then everybody else shut up. And... And what I think you find if you actually go back and study those people is that the, the people who are great at, at inspiring and moving people are the ones who are phenomenal at listening. They're the ones who are phenomenal at, at shutting up and truly listening so that they can empathize with what somebody else is going through. And then from there, it becomes really straightforward because if you don't understand how somebody's feeling, it's impossible to persuade them to your point of view. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, as with so many things, I, I think it really begins with good listening. And a good, good, the good listening ties in with having high EQ, emotional intelligence. I think that's a, a big part of that, would you think? A hundred percent. And for a certain type of person, it also just comes down to discipline. Uh, for me, I, I, it's just not my natural state. I have to remind myself all the time, shut up, shut up, shut up, listen, listen, listen okay, now you can talk. And I'm still not as good as good at it as I would like to be. If you were to talk to some of my colleagues, they would probably laugh at you and say, man, I get so tired of, of Eric cutting me off. And, <laughs> and, you know, all I can say is like, that's me trying to be better. Like I, I try to do it as well as I possibly can. I think it's a great point. It goes back to a lot of our guests have said on the podcast about sort of seeking to understand before being understood. And uh, I, th I remember when I read a few of Richard Branson's books as well, I think he mentions it quite a bit about just, you know, being quiet and listening and, and taking notes down and, and things like that. Um, so I, I think it's a great point, as you said, you, you know, you really need to understand what other people are going through before you can start to sort of resonate with them on that level. In your um, book synopsis, Eric, or, and it's due out on the 18th of May, isn't it? May 18th, that's correct. Scale your yeah. Everest. Scale your Everest. And you talk about be aware of the delusions of grandeur and the death zone of imposter syndrome. So maybe you could share a bit of that with us, because I, I'm sure it may have resonance with um, many leaders in business today. So, yeah, absolutely. And entrepreneurs. Yep, absolutely. So this was one of the most interesting things that I discovered is, is I was trying to understand why I ended up in some of the dark places of my journey and why it happens so often to entrepreneurs. And there's two frameworks that it would be interesting for your listeners to Google. The, the first one, and I think this is intuitive to most people, is the learning curve. As we get better at something, as, as we practice something more and more, we get better at that thing. 
But the second is there's a lot of great psychological research um, from Dunning and, and Kruger. It's called the Dunning-Kruger perception curve. And what it shows is that when we first start on a task, we oftentimes think we're really good at that task. And that task is going to be really, really easy. And then what oftentimes happens, and, and that's, we call that the peak of Mount Stupid. So there's this point where, where we think, hey, I've just started doing this. This is going to be no big deal. And then over time, we realize that that thing um, is actually far more difficult than we might have thought that it would be. And so what ends up happening is at the beginning of our journey so often, we feel this sense of like this delusions of grandeur. We may not be really good yet, but we feel like we understand it. We feel like we're going to be fantastic. We're, we, we, we believe that this is going to work really well. And so this is what I call this delusions of grandeur phase. And it's, it's this phase where you may have a lot more to learn than you realize. And we need to make sure to be humble about how much it is that we don't know. And then there's this other phase of the journey, which is actually the more difficult and, and the more dangerous one, which is where we're getting better and better. We're going up the learning curve, but we're going down the slope of this perception curve in terms of how well we think that we're doing. And so paradoxically, what oftentimes happens is after we, you know, for me, it came as an entrepreneur, um, after I was running the company for a while, I started to really believe that I was terrible at running the business, that I shouldn't be the CEO, that others, surely there are people out there that could be doing this better than I am. I didn't know who they were, but I knew they had to exist because I sure as hell wasn't doing a good job. And, and, and so I developed this real sense of imposter syndrome, this sense that I was sort of a fraud I was, I was doing the best I could. I was executing with integrity, but I just didn't believe that I deserved to be doing what I was doing. And if you go, there's, there's great quotes by Elon Musk and other people that, that really demonstrate this. And it really does happen to so many entrepreneurs. And so it's one of the things that, that, that I try to keep in mind a lot. And I suggest to entrepreneurs an awful lot when they're very early at the journey, I oftentimes suggest, hey, I know you think this is going to be really easy. And you think that everybody that doesn't understand what you see is really dumb. Just think maybe there's a chance that you're somewhere in, uh, you know, at the peak of Mount Stupid. And then on the other hand, for entrepreneurs that have been doing it for a little while and just feel like they are burnt out, they shouldn't be doing it, they, they bit off more than they could chew, I oftentimes sort of show them that gap and, and suggest that, hey, maybe this is imposter syndrome rearing its head and maybe you're perceiving this to be much more acute than it actually is. Thank you for sharing that because I think that's going to be a really helpful kind of framework and thought process for listeners to kind of engage with and perhaps appreciate. Yeah, I, I hope so. For me, it's a way to get out of my own head. And so much of being an entrepreneur is I felt like I was the only one that felt the feelings that I was feeling. I thought I was unique. And what that framework helped me to do was to understand that actually it's, it's a common part of the human experience. And so many people actually go through some semblance of that journey. It's an interesting one because I often thought that it was something that it mostly, um, applied, women mostly felt that. But I, I hear that from women all the time. You do, yeah, okay. Yeah. When, whenever saying, whenever I, I talk about this, women always say, I thought it was only girls that felt, or I thought it was only <laughs> women that felt that. Um, and, and I know so, I, I think women 
maybe are a bit more emotive. And, and if I'm going to stereotype, they might be more willing to talk about it sometimes. Maybe. But, yeah. but I think it absolutely goes through men and, and especially men that may not show it. And it may not necessarily come out in the conversation, but I think so often it's, it's deep seated down in there. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said there in terms of, you know, the, the imposter syndrome. I think that's a, yeah, a, a common thing that's easy to, easy to feel. And then also when you're, um, you know, finding some challenges, it can be tough to sort of get out, as you mentioned earlier, on that sort of like darker place when you're feeling a bit of a challenge. Um, so Eric, conscious of time, um, just before we wrap up, is there anything else you, you want to share about sort of your journey or anything you've got work coming up at the moment or anything you're excited to be working on uh, moving forwards? Yeah, the exciting thing that, that, you know, we touched on a little bit, but on May 18th, uh, re releasing the book Scale Your Everest. And for me, it's a very, very personal book. I have had a lot of entrepreneurs that when I ask them how things are going and they tell me, man, like things are hard. I'm, 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 my marriage is suffering because of my journey. Uh, I feel like I'm not being the right father or mother to my kids, or I'm not being a good brother or sister or family member. Um, I feel like I can either be an entrepreneur or be a good partner, husband, wife, mother, father, what have you. I don't feel like I could be both. Um, and, and whenever I would hear that, it would just break my heart having gone through it. I can empathize so deeply because I, I felt all of those things. Um, and, and so there would, there would just be all of these experiences, all of this research, all of this philosophy. There was like a million things that I wanted to share with these people to say, like, it's going to be okay, but like, here's, here's the resource that maybe, that maybe could be helpful to that. And so I, I ended up writing the book that I was desperately looking for when I was going through the hard part of my journey and that. God forbid, if something were to happen to me and if my daughter were decide, to decide she wanted to go through this journey, that would hopefully help her to understand a lot of the lessons that I had to learn the hard way. You know, you, you still only learn these lessons by going through them, but at least if you have a framework for analysis and a way to contextualize some of the struggles, it can help us adapt so much quicker. And so that's really what I hope the book Scale Your Everest is going to be. It's, it's really a book more about um, entrepreneurship and, and about sort of understanding how to develop mental resilience in the face of doing something that's really, really challenging. Um, and, and then I just draw a lot of context from the mountaineering journey uh, because I think sometimes it makes it easier when you can sort of look at something in a different dimension. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about that coming out and uh, would encourage anybody that these sorts of concepts resonate with to consider checking it out. Well, it's, I will certainly be checking that out and then taking a look at it. And I presume that'll be available on Amazon. It's, it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble, and uh, hopefully in physical bookstores once we're all going to physical bookstores. <laughs> no, I look, look forward to that day. Absolutely. Um, it's been amazing to have you as our guest, Eric. Thank you so very much. Been really insightful. Yeah, no, I really, really loved uh, what you shared, everything there. We both are sort of mentally and respected from the entrepreneurial journey as well. And um, yeah, I think you shared a lot of valuable insights. So thank you very much for being on the podcast and, uh, and your time as well. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Well, we have one very, very last question for you, and it's what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're, what you're doing now? Oh, man, what would I be doing if I'm not, if I wasn't doing this? Um, if I had it to do over again, I, I, I think I'm, I'm too old now. 
but I would have tried to see if I could have made it in like sports in professional sports. Okay. I think, I think that that was a place where particularly in, in like, I was, I sort of developed a little bit later and I, I think it would have been interesting to have seen, to have really tried my hand at that arena in a way that I never did. And I always would have, I'm always a little bit curious of if I, if I'd had the chance to really go give that a shot, could I have made it? I, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I had enough talent to do that, but it would have been interesting to have found out. So Enjoy the journey, as you said earlier on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Eric. Very insightful and really appreciate it. And all the best with your book. Absolutely. Thank you, folks. Thank Cheers you. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted your leadership. And if any of these concepts resonate with you and you'd like to find out more about leadership and business growth, go to the RGM website, rjen.co.uk.